0: Hold on, hold on. All right. All right. I had to close my uh, browser because we oh. were cutting in and out. There you go. Yeah, you were frozen there for a minute, too. And now your video is frozen.
1: Is it? Everybody's not moving because I wasn't moving for a while.
0: Hold on. Let me see. Uh, I'm going to turn off my iPad to get as much bandwidth as I can.
1: I think that's how the NFL draft went off without a hitch. They just had everybody turn off their iPads and they had plenty of bandwidth. I think I lost Ben guys. I don't know if he can still hear me, but I can't hear him. And he's frozen on screen, making a really goofy face. It's actually kind of funny. I wish you guys could all see it. If he can hear me right now, he's probably swearing at me, but (laughs) I can't hear him. So, Oh, well, there he is. Hey, he's back. I had, a nice okay. converse- I had a nice conversation with our lovely listeners while you were frozen in time.
0: Um, okay, could you uh, hear me? I couldn't hear a thing. Oh
1: man, that was good stuff too. You have to go back and listen to it when we post it because this is going on the pre-show
0: now. Uh, no, I can't. You're cu- you're cutting in and out. Your uh, video on my side, your video is freezing.
1: Ben, Ben, are you there? Hello. I think we lost them guys. All right, well, we're doing this. Hopefully he comes back. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And welcome to episode 65. We have Ben back. We had some audio difficulties there. Yep. Maybe uh, maybe some communication difficulties with the internet, but it appears, for now, he's back. Got a good show planned for you today. We have the NFL proposing some changes to the onside kick rule. Uh, the Rooney rule, which, if you're not familiar with that, we will catch you up, but... There have been some updates to that, but not the extreme updates that we're discussing originally. Josh Gordon would once again like to be reinstated. And some uh, Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros appears to be a little unhappy with his agent, and uh, we'll explain why. But first, oh man, MLB. Yes, MLB. MLB Startup supposedly the war of the words as you put it yes this appears to be going nowhere really fast and it's getting really really ugly
0: uh they are utilizing their mouthpieces in the media each side is let's not let's not jump on either side chris both sides are using their mouthpieces and they're getting their narrative out there to fit their needs it's ugly
1: yeah, but I mean, they're not getting anywhere. That's that's the part that's frustrating to, to fans and to people who just don't like continuous nonsense. They're it's not like getting up. anywhere.
0: Yeah, it's like ice skating uphill, Chris.
1: Yes. First of all, great 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 analogy. Second of all, yeah. nice blade reference. Thank you. Um, but you are right too because they're they're getting nowhere, and they're going nowhere fast, and they're making it. Look like, trying to make it look like it's the other side's fault. Apparently the owners, in their new proposal, (laughs) the players were not happy with it, but they were also upset because it appears as though, i have to say appears because I don't know firsthand, I don't know for sure, it would appear, however, that the owners leaked the proposal to the media Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in an effort to, I guess, according to the players and the players' union, try to make the players look bad. So they would I guess be guilted into accepting it, or at least be a little more flexible. But it does not appear that's working. All it did was really incense them even worse.
0: I, I, I think I think Joel Sherman of uh, the New York Post uh, tweeted out that the there is a smoking gun in a March 20, I think the March twenty sixth proposal uh, where they agreed on a prorated salary which back in march 26 when this all started um i apparently was under the auspices that would be playing in front of fans and there is a little pedestal in this proposal that apparently gives the owners the right to renegotiate if there is no fans And apparently they claim that the union knew this because they put it in the proposal or in an email to the players union and the union and the players are denying it. So who's telling the truth is a great question.
1: Well, there's a very simple way to be able to uh, confirm or deny that seeing as both sides appear to be leaking documents to make the other side look bad. Just release the statement. So you'll know. Correct. Because, I don't blame the players, okay? First of all, you know and we went through this, I think, two episodes ago, because it seems to be the ongoing saga of Major League Baseball restarting is like our first segment now, apparently. But it is always different information, so, I mean, it's worth discussing. That's, you know, it is a major sports topic, so we do want to make sure you guys are informed. But apparently, when they, when they all first all sat down together, the owners and the players' union, they agreed to take... Pro-rated, uh, pro-rated contracts because they knew they wouldn't be playing a full season. But a- as you're saying, the owners are saying that that was under the guise that they'd be playing in front of fans, and if they weren't, they'd be able to go back and renegotiate. Yeah, that whether that's true or not, it doesn't mean the players have to accept it.
0: I mean, let's let's think it this way: it makes sense to agree to this pro-rated dollar amount before on March 26th. It also makes sense to insert that comment or language, what have you to say, Hey, you know, down the road, if we have to renegotiate because we're not going to have fans and we're now in, you know, three, three months, almost three, almost, no, almost two full months since they, they stopped uh,
1: yeah about two full maybe a little more than two full months at this maybe point. maybe more
0: well at least almost two full months since the proposal the first proposal came out i you, you this is my problem with the whole situation i i love to side with the players on a lot of things because you owners have a lot of money they get a lot of money they get a lot of the revenue i get it I just think you have to negotiate on good faith. And when circumstances change, you need to be able to change with those circumstances and the circumstances they reportedly thought they were going to play in front of fans. There is no way in hell they're going to play in front of fans. Uh, I will, I will give you um Ohio State University of Ohio State are planning on playing in front of 25 to 50k fans and their stadium is I don't know the numbers uh, but they're about the size of the big house and the big house holds 168k I believe is the number um so that's a that's a huge reduction from probably about 150 down to 25 to 50 and that's being generous and that's September and we're uh, four months away from that
1: well it, it seems to me we've been we've been doing this for i mean th- the sports seemed to seem to all collectively shut down about two months ago yeah but it seems to me in those two months all we can agree on is that there's no middle ground either you're absolutely terrified of this thing in every fashion and the world has ended or you think we should all be out licking doorknobs because it's nothing at all there's no common sense middle ground here where it's like, okay, if these guys are tested and they're tested regularly, which is a part of both proposals, I don't think either side has is an issue with that. But then you have other people like, oh, man, if you, if MLB uses those resources, that's resources being taken away from somebody else. Well, no, because these things are all being made on a daily basis and MLB is paying for these things. It's not like they're just being donated. So let's, let's, let's stop that noise right there. I, I, I get it. Like they're not, they're not taking away tests from people who are in hot zones who really need them. They're, they're buying tests from companies who are making tests for this purpose. So let's put that to bed. We just don't seem to be getting anywhere with any of this. And, and I get it. This is, and I'm, I'm sorry folks, because I am tired of hearing this word too. This is an unprecedented situation. He says sarcastically. But it is also true. Um, so I, I get the fact that nobody knows which way to go with it. And I'm not faulting anybody for that. And anybody who's really scared, I, I get it. But at the end of the day, if, if, if all you can continue to do after two months is argue and then make a plan to make a plan, just scrap it. Forget it. Don't bother. You said it two weeks ago. You don't think there'll be a season. And I told you. I said, no, you know what? I think they're going to come together, and I think they're going to figure it out. Yeah, you know what? I changed my mind. I think you're right. There's no way they play a game this year. There's no way because they cannot seem to get along. They cannot seem to want to work together in any fashion. And I am I am more on the player's side in this. But that's not saying much because they're still being difficult too.
0: And apparently the owners haven't even s- submitted a, a new payment proposal. Their submission last week was the uh, health and sanitation proposal. Is what what is being reported? So why, if they're submitting that proposal, is money coming up? And I get money should come up, but but which, by the way, I've heard a lot of the sanitation and health standards and what they're going to try to do in protocols. Oh, it's absurd! Oh my God, it gave me a popsicle headache.
1: It's absurd, dude. It, it it's is not not feasible.
0: It's not worth the time. No. It's just like when I heard the NBA proposal for – when I told you about that one where three players can practice in a, a gymnasium and they need to spend two hours before and two hours after, like sanitizing the ever-loving crap out of the place. That's just a waste of money too. So, But I, I will give the NBA pra- players credit. They do want to come back. They've actually said it. Uh, a lot of players, they actually took – well, there's reports that they did or didn't take votes, but they took like a, an informal impromptu vote over text messages on whether or not they want to play. And they do want to play. Uh, I don't buy that MLB players want to play because they know full well, they're not going to get their full money. And I stated before, if your contract is for 162 games and you're not going to play 162 games, fun fact, you shouldn't get your whole – Salary. No, not at all. Okay. When when I was salary, I got paid uh whether I worked or not, but that was in the contract. Uh, now if I didn't work for a while and I didn't have a reason, I wouldn't have a job. But if it was in my contract that you have to work X number of, of days a year, and I didn't pay I didn't I didn't work those, then obviously I would have to take some sort of pay cut or I would have to pay some money back. It makes logical sense. So I'm sorry, MLB players, you, you have to make some sort of concession. I get, they make a lot of money, but as long as the owners release the information that supposedly they're going to take a bath on this season, one way or the other, um, I think you just got to buckle down and just admit that they're, you're not going to play this year because I don't think there's anything that the owners are going to be able to do to convince the players to play under pay cuts or reduced salary. It's just not going to happen.
1: And yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it will happen either now. And that's, like I said, credit to you, because you said that weeks ago. And I still try to be optimistic, as I usually do when it comes to most of this stuff. But uh, reality is reality, and I just don't think they're going to end up playing. But you are I did say that I erred on the side of the players, slightly, uh, only because uh, ownership. Uh, there's a lot of history of stories of owners being very difficult to deal with and being very shady. And as Red Sox fans who are not, not at all fans of our team's ownership, we are speaking from experience. Yes. Um. So I, I don't blame the players. If they say, if you make $10 million a year, and then they say, well, we're only playing half the games, so now you're making $5 million, and they negotiated that, and that's fine. And then they say, well, we're not going to get revenue from fans now for even those 81 games. 81 games? Uh, math. Yeah, okay. 81 games which would be half the season, then mm-hmm. we're not going to get that revenue from the fans, so they're not going to be there. So now we're going to renegotiate again, and now you're just going to get a 50-50 revenue split of whatever's there. So if you go from making $10 million to $5 million, honestly, I mean, like I said, with sports, and I say this almost every episode, it's all Monopoly money, it's all funny money, it's all crazy anyways. Mm-hmm. But that's what you're contractually given and promised. So if you're not going to get that, and then they say, "Well, here's a fifty-fifty revenue split," uh, but by the way, we don't release those documents. So you're going to have to go on good faith that we're giving you what's really your percentage. Okay, so you go from making ten million to five million. To what if they try to pass this off as they're going to make thirty or forty grand for playing? <laughs> like, if you're a player, you have no incentive to play. Honestly, like. <laughs> You could just sit back and say, "Well, I'll see you in 2021, Then don't pay me. I'll see you next year.
0: Then they might as well not play. Like I'm just that's gonna what play. that's they what I am getting play.
1: at. That's exactly what I am getting at, though. Is I don't I don't think that's I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Is they're going to go? That split is too low. We're not going to make enough to make it worth our while, considering how dangerous everyone is still saying it is, and how, da- how all these procedures and precautions we have to go through just to get onto a field with players who have been tested and are healthy, and we still have to follow all these crazy procedures. Then why bother? Just say forget it. Let's just scrap it, and we'll see you in twenty twenty one.
0: I think the best move for the owners to show clarity is to invite the players' union represent, uh, not players. Because I'm not calling the players dumb. I'm just saying there are other they can they can hire representatives to go in with a player, a representative of the players' union, Tony Clark or one of his. Uh, uh lieutenants I would probably call them go in and look at look at what the owners are are trying to tell them and look at all the information and have it in a closed environment where they can only look at it in that location and but be for, be honest and forthright with it. I think it's the only situation where you're gonna get maybe close if they're being honest, if they don't do that, there's just there's just no way because the players aren't going to trust the owners, and the owners want that they, they want to have this. They want to make, make us believe that that they're going to lose four. What was it four billion? I think it was uh, four billion this year. That's what they said. Yeah, reportedly, how much they're going to lose, um, with no fans in attendance, like. I, I I don't know, I I just I just don't see it happening. It's just not going to happen. We're, no,
1: I I don't either, and I don't in, th- I don't yeah I don't think they're I I think they're just spinning their wheels right now. They're wasting their time.
0: If they're not, if they don't have the date set as like July first by three weeks, the two weeks from now, because they're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna do a week of training camp i i'd almost guarantee well, not training camp but like spring training they're gonna do a week of it and then they can start july 1st if they don't start by july 1st i dear I, you're, you're just just call it a season guys if you're a baseball fan uh enjoy the kbo because that's all you're gonna get i yeah we got
1: don't forget we got the nippon league too
0: Oh, they're coming. Oh, my, my, my apologies. Yeah. I forgot about the name. Some good
1: name. baseball over there, man. I mean, we we kid we, we about the names, but some real quality players over in those leagues, though, honestly. Well,
0: I'm sure they make fun of our names, too.
1: Oh, I, I would hope so. I mean, come on. <laughs> have you seen my last name? I mean, I'd make fun of it if I were them. I definitely would, too. <laughs> you have. You've known me for 20 years. Anyways, so, let's let's move on, because I'm sure we'll have more on baseball as it. Does or doesn't develop. But uh, football has an exciting change proposed to the onside kick. I think we talked about this several months ago because they were essentially discussing the possibility of making this a proposal, but apparently they have officially made it a proposal. Right. Uh, The onside kick would go from its current state, which is, I think we can all agree, uh, pretty dull and uneventful, to a much more exciting uh fourth and fifteen essentially. It'd be one play to get fifteen yards and if you do that then your team takes possession of the ball.
0: Now I, I assume you would I assume you would continue just you no know, the the continue from there.
1: I would think so. I I haven't read the entire proposal. I don't I actually don't know if it's available yet. I just saw that, that was that was what they had uh put out as the the outline of the proposal. Um
0: that's what the uh, XFL was doing. That's yeah. what it
1: was. And I think I like it. The only thing I would say is I would have it almost like scalable. Like if you do it once, then the next time you try it, it has to be from twenty yards, and the next time it has to be twenty-five yards. I oh, think yeah, it's fair. So if you're down like two or three scores, and you get a touchdown, and then you're down two scores, and you uh, you get the onside kick because it's a fourth to fifteen. Yeah. And you get eighteen yards. Cool, okay. Well next time if you want if you score a touchdown and you want to come back and do it again to try to catch up, gotta be from twenty yards. I mean otherwise you're just gonna have I mean the Chiefs would just score yes. two hundred points a game. They'd never give the ball well, over.
0: I no mean, no no here here's what you do, because in the XFL you couldn't do it if you were ahead. Oh, okay. You could not do it if you were ahead. So you couldn't steal a turnover. Now, I don't – also, there was no on size kick, period. So, basically, you can't – there's no way to, to steal a possession, although they had some – they had some rules in there. I, I don't remember offhand, but they had some rules that if you kicked it out of bounds or you kicked it a certain place, it was set at a certain yardage, and it was very I, – I don't remember. I don't want to go into details because I don't remember. I might have to look them up. But – that would be that would be the one stipulation I would have is make sure it's you can only do this if you're ahead. Or I'm sorry, if you're behind. You can't do it if you're ahead. You can't be the Chiefs and sit there and do this four times a game and then the ending scores seventy to three because you kept doing it all game long and you have that offense to do it. Yeah,
1: you know, when you first started saying that, I said, Well that that's no fair because then how are you gonna surprise the other team? And then it dawned on me if you're setting up for a fourth and fifteen, they know what you're doing anyway, so you're not surprising right. anybody. No, so that that would work, honestly, and I think I think it'd be fun. I also hope, and I know traditionalists are gonna hate this, like kinda like they did when two point for conversions came in and when you know we had replay come in. I mean, yeah, these games are long, but let's face it, even with all these changes, they're still not as bad as a baseball game as far as time dragging goes. Very true. But I'll say this. I, I do like something else the XFL did. What's that? Uh, for the point after attempt.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: They had, you could go for, I believe you could kick an extra point. No. Or you just went from fairly close up for one point.
0: One point, two point, three point. And I think three, three point, uh, It was. Uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm, I'm shooting in the dark. I think it was from two yards out was one point. I think five yards was two points. And I think. I think 10 yards was three points. No, no, that no, that,
1: that sounds right. But uh, in assess- essentially, though, it was the more points you wanted to go for, the farther back you were. Yes. Instead of kicking the extra point. And I think that's kind of cool. I know, like I said, traditionalists aren't going to be crazy about it. But the NFL has proven throughout the years they are not afraid to change with the times. No,
0: they're <clears throat> not.
1: they've Baseball. <clears throat> yes. They're not afraid to change with the times. And – they are willing to throw out some kind of, you know, some ideas that seem a little bit out there. I mm-hmm. mean, a couple of years ago, I believe it was Belichick who proposed the uh, the extra point being farther back, so yes. it wasn't wasn't always so automatic. And there's even a few games where that bit him and the Patriots in the ass because they missed the extra point here or there. Yeah, but that made it a little that made that particular play more exciting. Like the NFL is great and they're number one by a mile as we discussed couple episodes ago as far as revenue and fan viewership. Yep. But they're number one because they continue to look at the points in their game that need improvement and they tweak them and they make them better.
0: They they take they take pieces from failed sports uh football leagues and they inject it into the game. I will give you an example. Uh obviously what we're talking about right now, the onside kick, they're stealing out from the recent iteration of the XFL. They are talking about taking the sky judge which was from the AAF, which went uh, defunct last year, and they took. Remember the uh, you know the Sky Judge. Yep. They they took that from the first XFL because Vince McMahon put that in his uh, first uh, first iteration XFL, which was very interesting. It, it brought a insight into the game that you didn't have before, and the XFL said, oh, we're taking that." And they don't, you know, there's no intellectual property on it, I don't think. So you can just basically take it and insert your game. So now I don't think they took anything. They haven't taken anything from the uh, arena football league, which honestly, it pops up and then goes away, pops up in a good way. So you just kind of, and they don't take away anything from the Canadian football league because that's a different animal altogether.
1: Yeah, it's a whole different structure. Yeah.
0: But it's interesting how they they'll just take if they see something they like, they'll take it. But we we always come to the point. Just like the uh PI flag uh challenge, they had it for a season, they saw it wasn't working, they took it out. Unless of course you asked Sean Payton. <laughs> Who says they, they, they? Oh, they just weren't they, ready. They weren't for ready.
1: It. They weren't. They planned for it. They did it. They passed it. They discussed it. They trained for it. But I, it didn't work. So they just weren't ready for it. No, nope. Sean, yes, Sean. We know, Sean. We know, <laughs> Sean. You had a broken down, busted idea to begin with, and it didn't work. You tried, dude. Good effort, but it's okay. Just they can't all be gems.
0: It's like Andy Reid was trying to shove down the hey, let's everyone get equal fair play in on overtime rules, and try to shove that <laughs> down of rule. Start. Cause that his wasn't teams kept work it's because this team's kept losing. It's
1: because this team's kept losing on overtime.
0: Yeah, yeah. Guess what? You're not going to hear from him ever again on that rule because now he has a championship. <laughs> yeah, he's,
1: he's got a quarterback that's feared when it's when when it's uh sudden death rules too. So,
0: in fact, I would say he before uh, the. Uh, for a proposal to change the uh, the um, extra points because then he could be able to put more points and he just that clicker would just keep going off and he would just you could see the Chiefs score like 70 80 points multiple times in a season because he'll just sit there and say okay we'll go for three points uh we have one of the best tight ends in the league we have Tyreek Hill, who is one of the fastest guys in the league, I'll just run a drag route right across the field. And if it's open, I'll hit him. If it's not, Travis Kelsey.
1: I think but, that's pretty much what he does anyways. And it works pretty well. That's, so. that's true. It worked that's out true. pretty well for him. But, hey, you brought up a coach there. You brought up Andy Reid. Let's get into the yes. Rooney Rule changes. Um, you know you know a little bit more about this than I do.
0: I I like – I like I – like the alterations. Let, so, let's
1: explain first what the Rooney Rule is.
0: The Rooney Rule is to uh, that you're required to hire, uh, or not hire. I'm sorry, you're required to interview uh, a minority candidate Or head coach. I believe it's just head coaching.
1: Yeah, I think I think they tried up with the coordinators too, but I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: I think the new rules that they're uh, instituting are for. Um, assistant coaches as well okay but i think the first uh iteration was uh you had uh, you had to interview a minority uh for a head coaching position uh it's just to get so we can we can include everybody i agree we should include everybody sure um i don't know how uh, i'll have to see it i don't know how uh, removing the blocks from head uh, from uh, coordinators and front of, front office personnel from getting hired to other jobs is going to help. I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not is or isn't. I just don't know. Uh, it would have helped Nick Casario, but that also doesn't help the minority candidates because Nick is white, but he would have been hired in Houston had they not had the front office block, because I don't
1: know if it's even PC anymore to call a white dude a white dude. Like, isn't any everything offensive to somebody nowadays?
0: Uh, yes, that's why I'm just blowing right by because
1: I, I. Yeah, I don't really care either. I'm not I, anything. I'm I, not going to. W- yeah, I don't care. I'm not, not going to just- win
0: there, so I'm just going to blow right <laughs> no,
1: by No, no, no. You know what, dude? We're we're just going to say what things are. We're not going to be scared of what people who are too sensitive are going to think because we're just going to say our opinions. Because I think we both like this rule at its core.
0: I do. I didn't like. See the 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 thing they tabled. I didn't like, and no, you're no. getting you're you're getting a lot of people that are agreeing with it. Lewis Riddick was very on point with what he said about this rule, and I think you brought up somebody else. I don't remember who. Uh, Marvin
1: Lewis. Marvin, Marvin Lewis didn't like it.
0: It it was they were trying to in- I incentivize teams. Hiring minority uh, candidates for head coaching, for assistant coaches, and they were trying to incentivize teams that got uh, coaches hired. So, like, example, Brian Flores got hired by Miami uh, from New England. So, in this rule that they were trying to put in, the New England Patriots would have been incentivized by getting uh, fifth or sixth, I think. And Miami would have got like, I don't know, moved up in the draft or I think it had moved up in the draft in like the third or fourth round. Yeah. And it wasn't like it wasn't like first round picks, but it was later in the draft. I don't like it because now you're just now you're just telling teams, Oh, let's just hire minority candidates and that's it. Well, that doesn't help them though.
1: No. The teams are the candidates because they can't become better coaches if they're just hired because their team's gonna get rewarded. Like there's a ton of talented coaches out there from every, every background you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And I'm a hundred percent for everybody getting a fair shake because let's face it. It was uh, a pretty one-sided uh, ethnic uh, scale for a while. Yes. As far yes, as the was. NFL coaches went in a lot of those situations were just, they were the, they were the best candidates for the job and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there were some other situations where things got a lot shadier where you had minority coaches who were extremely talented and and very much should have been the next in line, and they were not even given an opportunity. So that makes you scratch your head. So this rule, while you can say, well, it prevents the best person from getting the job. No, it doesn't. There's no rule saying you have to hire anybody. Just let them come in. Learn what they have to offer. I I, I like that because I do think it, it broadens it brings more potential quality coaches to the forefront. And I think that's great. That's always good. That only benefits the game.
0: And and you know what else that helps Chris by taking these blocks off is someone like bill Belichick who literally put up walls to block assistant head coach, assistant coaches, assistant positional coaches from getting interviews. Now he might not think they're ready, which is fine. But he also has a part of him like, I don't want him to get hired because then I have to figure out someone else to plug in that place. And that's not how you should think of it. No. Th- doing this will get, you know, assistant coach, assistant player, uh, positional coaches, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, opportunities to interview in other jobs. So that way, if... I'm an assist, uh, like if I'm an assistant head coach or assistant um, wide receivers coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm just getting blocked by my GM and head coach because they can do that, then I'm never going to get an opportunity to network with other teams. Whereas if I get the interviews, I don't get the job, but now I've had a conversation with that person. Right, you're on the their GM, radar. You're on the their radar. GM, the head coach is like, you know what, you're not right for us right now now but then a year or two down the road maybe that those that that head coach is in another location and then they interview me and they're like i like what you're doing now i see you've grown i want to give you a shot as our oc instead of just being a wide receiver a, a wide receivers coach or i'm going to give you an opportunity as wide receivers coach instead of being an assistant wide receivers coach that's what it's going to do and that's what lewis riddick pinpointed in his uh, video is that the problem is networking to get opportunities right it's not it's not it's not enough to give them opportunity give anyone opportunities to get to get um interviews it's to network with people so that you can become familiar with that person whoever it is and because you'll be more comfortable hiring someone that you know over someone that you're just meeting for the first time and maybe they sound great but you there there's a part of that you just like i don't i don't know if this is going to be the hire but this guy i know and i feel safer with this person because i'm investing two or three years in this person and it just makes sense and i think this 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 unblocking of the assistant coaches, the, the coordinators, OC, uh, OCs, just opens up opportunities for everybody.
1: Yeah, you're, you're totally right about that. I, I agree. And Here's the thing you said with like the Nick Asario situation where it's like, Belichick could block you because he, he says he just doesn't, doesn't think you're ready. We all know whenever a coach says that about a coordinator, it's complete BS. It's because yep. they don't want to lose them. And... They don't want to have to hire somebody else, and they don't want a quality coach going to another team, especially a rival. Well, you know what? These are all adults here. So you should be able to go and get an interview with a team as long as it's not violating your contract, which it never is because the NFL looks at it and says, okay, you're eligible to do this. Mm -hmm. And the team looks at it and says, okay. Well, now the NFL is saying, well, as long as it's okay, according according to their contract – they don't need your permission, and I like that because number one, all coaches are going to be where they want to be. I mean, not not have their dream job, but they're going to they're going to know it's their option to be where they are. They're not. You don't have a guy who's stuck with a team for two or three years. Like say say F- Brian Flores had a, had a, a shot at the Miami job, but yep. Belichick was like, "I don't want to lose Flores, so right. I'm going to block him because I'm going to say he's not ready." Ha ha. In reality, he doesn't want doesn't want to lose Flores to Miami. Well, then Brian Flores loses out on a great opportunity, and that's just not he. It's not not only is that not fair to him, but now he's somewhere where he's going to resent where he is. So that just makes more resentment and, and breeds con, uh, um It makes everything more tense in locker rooms and in coaching staff rooms, and that's not good for anybody. And, I mean, that's that's just my opinion on that. I do think that's really good. Open it up. Let them talk. No problem. Um, I will say the only issue I have, the only thing I can understand with people, and I myself have had issues with this in the past in certain situations, with the Rooney Rule is there are some times when you have a coach who's successful and he has an assistant or a coordinator who is extremely successful and a great coordinator and when he leaves, he just wants to pass down that position to his job, or to his job. He wants to pass down that job to his assistant. And in this case, if that assistant, assistant is not a minority coach, then you have to go through this entire dog and pony show of pretending you're, you're interviewing people when you already know who you're going to pick. Right. Now, I think the good of the rule outweighs the bad because I do think there have been a lot of people who've had an opportunity to come in and discuss coaching positions, and then teams can go, Whoa, okay, we weren't considering you because we didn't even know you were on the radar. But, you know, now, I mean, we at least have a coordinator job for you or a coaching job for you, some kind of position for you. So I think the good there outweighs the bad. But I do think there are situations where. It may not even be a racial thing whatsoever in any fashion. It's just a team is comfortable with a guy, a coach, respects his decision. When the coach steps down, he wants his coordinator to take over. The team owner is okay with that. And instead of being able to just do that, they have to kind of go through this whole thing where they're pretending to interview people. and That to me is kind of weird, but there's no way to have that rule and not have that happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just going to be part of it because it's it's you can't you can't make exceptions. It has to be a rule or it's not a rule. And I, I like the I think it does a lot more good than 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 bad. Because at the end of the day, you're not forced to hire anybody you don't want to hire. So that's that's why I'm glad that the 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 proposal to have draft compensation or or um, a better position in the draft if you hire a minority coach did not go through. Because that's ridiculous, because then you're going to get people hired and put them under that pressure of being a coach strictly for, for to move up in the draft. And you could have a guy that has no business being there, who's just going to get ridiculed and put down constantly for being a bad coach when you only hired him to get from a third-round pick to a second-round pick. Okay, and, that, like that, and that was the problem Marvin Lewis had with it, who, by the way, if you don't know Marvin Lewis, he is a minority head coach, or was for many years with the Bengals. And I believe he's a college coach now, and he was like, "This rule is insulting because if, <laughs> you know, it's cool that we need that we can get interviewed, uh, but you don't want you to force teams to hire minority coaches because then that takes away from our accomplishment." Yeah, and he's one hundred percent right. It just, it, it, and even if that isn't the case, that's what it makes it look like. And it, 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 it's a case of them trying to do a little bit too much with a rule. Because the way the way I read it is uh, you would get a 10-point bump or a 10-position bump in a draft for hiring a minority general manager and six for a head coach. So if you go in the offseason and say you're picking early third round, you just bumped up mid-second round because you hired a new coach and general manager. Now, it wouldn't affect the first round at all and all that. And I get it. And look... This is always a touchy subject with people, and I can understand that. Like, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not against the rule at all. But I was against that part of incentivizing teams with draft compensation to hire minority coaches, because from that point on, every minority coach is just going to get pigeonholed that's only being hired because the team benefited from it.
0: That's not fair to them, and that's not fair it's to the not. coach.
1: It's not fair. To, it's not fair to anybody. That just makes everything. It brings negativity to it. It's just, it's not good. Like,
0: and honestly, they tabled it because. As soon as it started leaking out, I don't think I've heard anyone say glowing things about that part. No. Of it. I, of, I, of
1: any background, black, white, any kind of ethnicity. meant Nobody liked it.
0: And I understand that I listen to Boston sports radio, and 99.5% of the time it is negative. But in this case... Across the board, there has not been positive feedback.
1: No, at all. It doesn't make any sense. It. it doesn't make any yeah. sense.
0: And 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 to of the point earlier about have coaches passing the position down. That was. Uh, I don't know if it it caused it. I don't remember when the ruling rule came in place, but I remember Mike Shanahan was one day he was out, and then the next day it was like Gary Kubiak just slid right in. And that was just, that was, you know, uh, Gary Kubiak was uh, Mike Shanahan's OC at Denver, and he just slid in position. And the rumors are that when Bill Belichick moves on, well, Josh McDaniels is going to slide right in. I hope not. I hope not either. I want to see if Bill moves on at some point, which won't be until he passes Don Shula. I want to see Bob Kraft say, I need a, I need two people that are going to work together because honestly, Nick Casario, if you didn't know, he is not the GM. He is the head of player personnel. I believe is his job title. And and if you ask Bill Belichick, he won't tell you what his job title is, which is how he got blocked to go to Houston because he, it, 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 it would have been, uh, well, Bill, Bill just blocked it and then they tried that little tampering rule because uh, we won't get in that down that rabbit hole. But I, I want Bob Kraft to, well it might be Jonathan at that point, but between Jonathan and Bob, I, I think they need to look at it and say, we need to restart let's let's bring in a new let's look at a lot of candidates as head coach and a lot of candidates as GM or hire your GM first. And then that GM is part of the hiring process for the head coach. And now you have a group of people working together that are comfortable with each other. Because honestly, if you hand the job over to Josh McDaniels and Nick Casario is still here, if I'm Nick Casario, I just look at him like I've been doing this for years and you've just been the OC. Right. Maybe Bill has passed some words on to you, but realistically. I'm the guy doing the drafting, the signing, and all that stuff. So I'm really the one in charge. And if you thought it it was bad with Tom and and Bill and Josh to a lesser degree the past couple years, just imagine how that would get. If if Nick and and, uh, Josh start to butt heads, it'll just get ugly.
1: Yeah, I mean – I don't know. I mean, I've heard so much on that. T- to be honest, I think by the time Belichick's gone, it'll, it'll be a whole different look to that whole coaching staff. So yeah, it will be.
0: You'll see but, a lot of you'll see a lot of people start to, not because they want to go away, but they'll start to get jobs elsewhere just because.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Bill's just going to be there forever. If I were Josh, first off, I would have taken the Colts job.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but he interviewed what for the Giants and the Browns, and they both said no. I gotta say, yeah, I
1: believe so. But I gotta say that whole Colts thing, the way that, uh, the way that uh, the GM and, and everybody acted when that happened, that was priceless.
0: I what what there is still a mystery on what Bill or Bob Kraft said or gave Josh McDaniels to basically give the middle finger to the Indianapolis Colts. Something something happened that convinced him to stay. Because I, you can't tell me he just, you know, I really just didn't want to leave New England yet. That's that's your that's a bold faced lie.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he already, left, he already left. He already left them once. So yes. Like,
0: yes. So 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 no. You something happened, and I don't like it. And I agree with you. When Bill's time is done, we need to move on to the next. We need to move on. And hopefully, Josh has already moved on by then. And honestly, if this, if, if Jared Stidham is a train wreck, and the next two years they just can't do anything, uh, uh, maybe Bill blows Josh out to begin with. Anyway, so
1: you know, you know what happened is Robert Kraft is actually a fortune teller. Yes, and he saw into the Indianapolis Colts future and he said Andrew Luck will retire, and you'll be stuck with Jacoby Brissett again. And Phillip Rivers will be your quarterback.
0: <laughs> that and again,
1: was just like, yeah, you know what, dude, I'm going to stay.
0: Like a hard pass, thank you.
1: All right, some other NFL news. Uh, it seems we go through this beginning of every season, unfortunately. And Josh Gordon, former Browns and Patriots and Seahawks receiver, who was I don't, suspended. I
0: don't. He's not a former yet, is he, for the Seahawks? Isn't he uh, no, actually, I
1: think he's technically still on the roster. I'm not sure how that contract played out. but uh, So maybe potentially current Seahawks receiver? Either way, suspended NFL wide receiver, uh, Josh Gordon, has again requested for reinstatement. And this, uh, man, I hope he doesn't
0: get it. I said he needs to move on.
1: Uh, yeah, and I don't mean that in any kind of ugly way, man. This kid clearly cannot handle, I don't know if it's the money or the fame, or he has the wrong people around him. I don't know what it is. I was really hoping after last time when he got reinstated before last season with the Patriots that this was going to be it for him. Like he was going to, he had a good system in place. I mean, he said that the Patriots, you know, because they ended up getting him the year before that. Yeah. Uh, They had never lost contact with him. They stayed in touch with him. They took care of his rehab. They took care of all this stuff, and he was so grateful and all this, and then he slipped up again, and they had to let him go. I believe he got injured, and there was controversy about how bad the injury was, but either way, something happened with him where they ended up just letting him go, put him on waivers. He was picked up by Seattle, and then it was revealed that he had another issue with some kind of substance. And I, to be honest, don't know what that substance is. I don't want to speculate. Don't know. But it was bad enough for the NFL to suspend him again. So I honestly do believe that the Patriots probably knew he did something he wasn't supposed to do. And his test was coming. The results were coming. So they were like, okay, we got to let you go, man. Sorry, we told you. We, we we tried to help you. We couldn't help you. We got to let you go. And then same thing happened to, to him in Seattle. that happened to him in Cleveland and New England. It's an unfortunate situation, man. At this point, I don't care about Josh Gordon, the football player. I just really hope Josh Gordon, the person, can figure his crap out and and live a somewhat normal life. Like, Josh, dude, you clearly cannot handle being in this position, and it's not good for your health. Just let it go. Go get a regular job somewhere. There's nothing wrong with that. We, We all work regular jobs. The majority of us, we're not football players. And just go live a normal life and, and be happy and stay healthy. Just don't put yourself through this again.
0: Look, it, normally I would say the team you were with the longest, that team should reach out to Josh when he becomes a free agent and say, "Look, Josh, we don't want to bring you in as a wide receiver. We want to bring you into the fold. We want to we want to make you part of the organization. We want to insulate you." We want to give you an opportunity, and all this. Now, normally I would say that as the team he's mo- most connected with. Unfortunately, that team is the Cleveland Browns. So therefore, I will not say that about Josh Gordon for the Cleveland Browns. Now, I don't know what kind of relationship he built with with Pete Carroll. I do understand that he had a good relationship with the Patriots. Obviously, it didn't end well. So I don't know what. What Bill would 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 do to extend uh Olive Branch out to him to bring him into the fold. Uh and I don't know if there was a relationship built with Pete Carroll and his organization to with Josh at that point. I just think at the at the minimum, Goodell, Troy Vincent, who I've I've trashed both of them on multiple occasions. And I think Troy Vincent's spineless and uh Goodell is well we, we we've we've said our opinions on, on Roger Goodell. It it would look good if they brought him in and say, look, Josh, this isn't gonna work out. You just you're just not gonna be able to stay on the field and help a team. Maybe you come work at the uh, NFL offices in New York. We set you up. We have you work in the lower levels, but something that you can kind of build yourself up with, and 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 give him that opportunity because he's extreme talent. He seemed like a good a good person, and he seemed to be improving last year. Like the difference between the last year and the year before in England was like night and day. And then he just he just apparently relapsed. Yeah, on something. yeah
1: something man yeah. i
0: just think i just think that would a that would look good on the nfl to do something good for a change i know they've been trying to help uh josh but you're right it's it's just it's it's for josh it's not worth it anymore man it's just not worth it to
1: keep no doing this. and i think i mean that wouldn't be a bad idea to have an organization that's had him in the past say hey you know you want to come in and i mean here's the thing though man i mean from a football knowledge standpoint does he really have a lot to offer
0: well that's what you gotta see that's why you start him that's why you start him on the lower levels and i don't i don't think he should go to cleveland i really don't know i don't don't think it's gonna help him at all i think it'd be great yeah if bill is willing to bring him in but the problem is, we know it—it it, it, it was a little sour on the way out because he didn't feel like he should have been put on IR. Well, I then, we, yeah. then we found we found out that he—he he popped
1: he, another he, test, and it's it's a whole different story now.
0: Like, so we don't know, we don't know how he left it. Obviously, Bill's gonna—you know—Bill's gonna be cut and dry and just say, "If I can't use you, you're you're done," and that's the way he is. But. He may extend that olive branch. You never know. I just think at the minimum, the league offices should try to try to insert themselves because we don't want to see Josh Gordon, something terrible happen because he can't get back in. We just don't. It's, no. It's, I don't think it's good. I, I, I don't think Josh should play football again. He should focus on himself, but he needs a support system around him. Honestly, the best person—it's crazy because I don't—I don't like the guy, but the best person to put, put put him with is LeBron James.
1: I mean, I think a guy like LeBron too. I mean, for people who people can like or dislike him all they want, I, I, but I think, I think a guy like him would be willing to give a guy like Josh Gordon a chance and say, "Hey, you know what? Let's see what you have to offer. Come on in." work on one of my ventures with me. Like I think if you want to do that. I mean for for all you might think about his play off, off on the court and everything and I mean he doesn't seem like a bad guy at all. But he he, um, he so I mean you know, maybe be want to get something out of him.
0: Yeah, and and he was willing to go out on limb for his high school teammates and and bring them up with him which is great uh you could think about what did you want, but he elevated his group of friends and they can almost stand on their, I, would, I believe actually they probably can stand on their own right now, Uh but they're still tight in love, James, and he, and he elevated a region in a city to to a little more prominence and a little more, you know, Cleveland's not the, the shithole that it used to be. I don't know. Wow.
1: Think. Coming in hot. Jesus. A little
0: bit, a little bit. Wow. Uh, but it would it would be I would think it's something up LeBron James's alley to kind of do something like that.
1: I just want to say I know people who've been to Cleveland, and, and
0: yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> I know all the jokes, kind of like you know Detroit, whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: I've heard a lot of people say Cleveland is not nearly as bad as it gets a rap for being. I don't know. I've actually never been there besides through the airport. So I can't say the city itself. I can't say it firsthand, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I just want a little bit of positivity. It's one of those places that always gets crapped on for some reason. I think the so, closest I, I
0: was—I think the closest I was was driving through Ohio, and we passed by Columbus, and I gave the middle finger to uh, the big big horseshoe, which, which is, is where, okay. where Ohio yep. State plays.
1: Yeah, just just one last thing for me on Gordon to clarify when I when I said I don't I don't know what he has to offer from a football standpoint. I don't I truly don't know if he has. He could have an incredible football mind, or or a mind that could actually really really help an organization in some fashion. And like I said, I think he's a nice kid, man. I really do. Like he seems like a good dude who just keeps getting put in bad spots. Not I mean, he puts himself in the spots. He's not a victim here, but he keeps ending up in bad spots and and. I would hate to see something really, really bad happen to him because he couldn't play football. So if he is tight with a player or or someone in an organization and I think they have a role for him, yeah, bring him in and see what he's got. I mean, worst case, I mean, you you sit him down, you're just real with him. I mean, you don't have to handle him with kid gloves. He's an adult. I mean, I know he's had his issues, but he's an adult. Say, hey, look, Josh, this is your last chance, man. Not just you're not playing anymore, but this is your last chance in the game of football as far as a professional level goes. In, in this country like if you mess this up you better hope the XFL comes back cuz
0: I don't think that's going to
1: happen. I don't know. That's that's up in the air. It doesn't look good, but so I mean say look we, we got this position for you. It's an assistant wide receiver coach. It's it's uh um I would even go a director go of a director of wide receiver scouting. I don't know something where he can be productive and contribute. But there isn't a ton of pressure on him because it is his first time in a a role like that and see what he's got. Maybe he does great. Maybe he's a hell of a success story in 10 years. And I hope so. But I'll tell you, man, the path he's on, he he can't keep playing in the NFL. It's not going to work.
0: That's, that's why I think LeBron James would make sense because it gets him away from football, but it gets him into an atmosphere of a person and persons who try to promote their brand. And if he's part of the brand, they'll try to promote him and get him in a role to help the business, whether it be, you know, I don't know all LeBron James' uh, business ventures, but, you know, he has a, I think he has got a movie company. He's got, yeah. A, I, well, it's funny you mentioned that. Well, he's got a multimedia company. And I know he helped his friend Maverick Carter start an agency which signs agents through all sports, Chris. Well, 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 Ben. What, what's the name of the agents? What,
1: what is the name of the agency? That is Clutch Sports. <laughs> okay, it's funny you mention that because that actually ties into our last story, and I didn't have it a doesn't... segue. I didn't have a segue for this, so I'm really glad you brought that up. I try my best because Alex Bregman, the third baseman for the Houston Astros, uh, the controversial third baseman for the Houston Astros, who is normally very boisterous, loud spoken. Uh, Borderline obnoxious if you're not an Astros fan. No, he's not borderline. He is obnoxious if you're not an Astros fan. Uh, who has been relatively quiet since all of this uh, Astros cheating scandal broke out.
0: Gee, I wonder why.
1: Yeah, I wonder why. Because, you know, everybody knows you were you were hitting those 3-2 change-ups because people were whacking garbage cans. But he has left his agent. Because his agent... Uh, it is apparently um, clutch sports. Clutch sports, thank you. Clutch sports, which <laughs> is also tied strongly to LeBron James and Mr. LeBron James, as we stated last time and last episode, I believe it was in our, our pre-show segment. His media company is going to be doing a documentary on the Astros cheating scandal, and uh, yeah, Mr. Bregman did not appear to be a fan of that. Now, he didn't give any official reason, as far as I know. He just, he just, I'm done. I'm firing my agent. I'm gonna find somebody new. But it's pretty funny timing. It happens within days of LeBron announcing he's making a documentary, and then it was confirmed LeBron was making that documentary, and then Bregman's like, "Nope, I don't want to play with you guys anymore." So
0: that, that that just that's just there's there's a lot of words I want to use, Chris. But then we'd have to what, go to a different uh here of podcasting or we have to go to like you'd have to put some terminology that says these yeah. words. these words are used in a pot this podcast and
1: I'd like to keep this a maj- mostly majority family friendly
0: show I, I will try my best but there's a couple words I'd like to use for now he is similar in this aspect uh to dustin Pedroia He's a cocky little guy who has a big personality and has to be boisterous and kind of puff his chest a little bit because he's not exactly of great stature and he is an MLB player. But this is kind of like a little bit of a move by him to do this. Uh, and I bleep myself so you can. Add I don't have creative. to.
1: That's always appreciated.
0: Uh, you, you can add your creative uh, uh, word in there that I'm using for for Alex Bregman. I mean, it's not surprising that he shut his mouth because honestly, there's nothing you can say. And honestly, his uh, little teammate there, Jose Altuve, probably should have kept his mouth shut too. Um it it's it's just funny because he no matter what happens um he did sign his new contract with clutch sports uh so i believe they're going to be entitled to some of that money as as the negotiating agent so it's not like he's going to take Well, it's probably what he signed it last year so it's probably like 80 something million left It's not like he's going to take that to a new agent and a new agent's going to get a piece of that. Which he might, I don't know. But I know Clutch Sports is not going to uh, walk away from that contract empty-handed for the rest of the life of that contract. Alex is just showing somewhat of his true colors. And I can understand being upset because LeBron James' media company is doing a documentary on the Astros Good for him. Good for LeBron and his media company doing that. Because honestly, if it's if it's very transparent, it will get uh well, if it's if it's you know, seen on um YouTube or Twitch TV or some streaming service, it'll get great uh downloads. Uh, if they put it on TV, it'll get great, it'll get massive views. Depending on how transparent they are, and who they interview, if they interview Mike Fires, it, it's gonna be you're you're gonna see a different light of that. Who's used the Astros? the The fans might turn on the Astros at that point, and you might actually see for the Dude, first They've already time,
1: turned on the Astros. They turned on them months ago.
0: That's true. That's true. But you might actually see. Um, a major, a major sports uh, organization put an asterisk on a world on a championship. If if LeBron James, which I believe he has the money and the wherewithal to unveil the curtain behind this, and the guy to do that is to get Mike Fiers, and Mike Fiers is going, and if Mike Fiers can point him in the direction of a couple other people. That are willing to kind of put their name on this. Eh, let's just say the Astros might be might be falling very very quickly.
1: Well, I, I got to say this. I, I, I this is a very unique situation because you have a guy like LeBron who has a media company who is looking to do things that aren't just basketball related, uh, which I think is cool because you know we'll, we'll see what else he has as far as a creative mind goes. Um, but. I think it's it's interesting because Major League Baseball clearly is not going to do anything on this. Uh, Rob Manfred wishes it would just go away and wants to sweep it under the rug. So what little he did to actually discipline anybody, which was pretty much non-existent, uh, um, is pretty much all you you have heard from him or will hear from him. So I think it's cool that you have a guy like, like LeBron who's in a different sport, but also has the connections and the, the ability to essentially go, yep, I'm going to get to the bottom of the real story and we're going to make a documentary on it, and nobody has to like it because I'm not affiliated with those people. I do, however, uh, excuse me, I don't, however, think this is not going to have any bearing on an asterisk or their place in history at all. This is going to be, hopefully, a legitimately fact-driven documentary it will be able to actually find out what really happened. Um, I, I do. I said this last episode. I hope Trevor Bauer is in there somewhere, man. Oh, he's because treasure, if you man. thought if you thought Samuel L. Jackson dropped a lot of f bombs, you wait till you get Trevor Bauer talking about the Houston Astros. Oh my God, kids, leave the room.
0: I tried. <laughs> I tried to look at a. Uh... We were talk- we, we, I don't remember what we talked about. Was it the last episode or the episode before that? Something about Trevor Bauer. And we got off, and I started to uh, – I went on – oh, it was the uh, Blake Snell. And I w- wanted to see what Trevor Bauer has because we know Trevor Bauer has an opinion on everything. And it was interesting because you go on his Twitter feed, he responds to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think Trevor just has response time every night during this whole thing where he's just bored and he's like, oh, just answer questions, whatever.
0: Like I was trying to read something, like his response to somebody on the Blake Snell topic. And it was like four, like five tweets long. And he was like going into detail. He broke it down by, by section one, two, three. It was like, I was trying to explain it to you. I couldn't follow it. And you were having a hard time following me. Cause I couldn't follow it. So yeah, I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't respond to you on any questions. Cause it just was convoluted. But, It it will be interesting to see what he does. And unless you're affiliated with LeBron James in the future, if this is successful and it does unveil the curtain on what happened and you're any team in any sport, eh, you might want to think twice about trying to smudge the rules a little bit, try to push that barrier.
1: Well, to... I mean, we are Patriots fans. I, I, that's what I was Bel- going to say. Bel- Bel- Belichick's made a career out of. I mean, he could have a twenty-five part documentary just on Belichick's <laughs> stretching the rules as far as you possibly can.
0: I don't think cause it, it's. I don't think it's Bill that he wants to bother. I think Bob Kraft is so connected and he's got so many relationships with so many people. I don't think he wants to ruffle his feathers. But if something happened. Like in the next year or two, where Bill is cut doing something he shouldn't do, it would be interesting to see if LeBron dipped into that. It, it's yeah. I will. I will be interested to see if if there is a connection between a, a LeBron James and person X or organization Y. Will he Will he do that? Because I there doesn't seem to be a clear um, any clear connection between. LeBron James and the Astros, except for he probably has – well, he pro- I, we at least know he has Alex Bregman under the umbrella of clutch sports, maybe a couple of other players. Well, he did
1: have him he, under the umbrella of clutch sports.
0: Thank you for correcting me. He did. Um, but that'll be interesting to see if other players on other teams in hockey, in football, in baseball, where something happens – and there are agents of Clutch Sports on those teams. I, I guess technically there should be a divide between LeBron James and Clutch Sports, since Clutch Sports is LeBron James is uh, is LeBron James's agent, uh, Maverick Carter. That. But
1: why would there have to be? Why would there have to be the the division between them?
0: There should be. He should be the agent. Are the. Uh, it should be the agent and the player. There should be some divide until LeBron James is out of the league. And then he could have, he should have ownership and stake because there are players. uh, Clutch sports has a lot of players in the NBA as, um, uh, are are representing them. I think, uh, (laughs) uh, Anthony Davis is part of clutch sports.
1: Well, you know what, man, Half of these players negotiate contracts with their friends in the NBA, anyways. So now it's just official.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's I, that is. I get what you're different. saying.
1: I get, I get what you're saying, but I mean, realistically, it, it, you pretty much know who who the majority of NBA players are going to sign with a month before free agency because they just come out and tell you
0: normally. So, Chris, how do you, how do you think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard landed on the uh, LA Clippers? Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, Kawhi called up Paul George and said. Get a trade to LA. <laughs> Who can and, afford us both? <laughs> right, and 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 pa- and Kawhi Leonard called up Doc Rivers and whoever the GM is, and said, "If you trade for Paul George, I will sign." Guess what happened? Kawhi Leonard signs, and Paul George gets traded to the LA Clippers. Bing bang! I mean, and, and the L- and the Lakers promised uh, when LeBron James signed to get more players. Well, what did they get the next year?
1: Davis, Probably, I believe. Huh? Davis, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, Anthony Davis, yeah. and they signed a bunch of other players, but the big the big fish was sending like I think it was like three young players, three or four young players including Lonzo Ball to the the Hornets to get Anthony Davis. So, yeah, you're right. It is It's been like that for the past 15 years where it's just a con, just like let's go Let's jump to this team with all our buddies, with the exception of the Golden State Warriors, which that was kind of put together until KD came. Uh, But you know, if if Bregman wants to do this, fine. Go ahead, go. Here's the thing: a lot of a lot of teams and fans already think this level of Alex Bregman. It dipped down probably about three rungs when they found out about the cheating. I I don't think it can get any lower.
1: Yeah, and I mean, for all we know, it didn't help Alex Bregman at all, and he's an incredible baseball player, and he'll have the same kind of stats and numbers he had the entire time previous to this. It could be the case. But I think for him, uh, actually, you know what, before I get into this, just to address real quick, you saying LeBron potentially going back and doing previous scandals, I don't think he's going to backtrack as oh, far I didn't, as I didn't, time no, goes. No, I, I, or yeah, you know, I, I think I actually brought up the Patriots, uh, bring up the Patriots stuff. I, I don't think he's gonna go back and, and do things that happened in the past. Um I think this is just really, really timely. It works really well. He probably knows a lot of people involved on either end and is like, Well, no one's gonna talk about it, people wanna see this. People have a a strong desire to figure out and find out what really, really happened here. And he's gonna make a lot of money, and hopefully a really interesting documentary, which I'll be interested to see, about what actually happened. Um, But for Bregman, the best thing he could have done is stayed on and said, okay, you're going to do this, I want to be included. If you're going to do this, I want to be able to, I don't mind, that's fine, you're going to do what you're going to do, but if you're going to tell the real story... I want you to not only interview the Trevor Bowers and the, uh, oh God, I forgot you just said his name, the whistleblower. Mike Fires. Mike Fires. Make fires. Yeah. You're going to interview these guys and they're going to talk us down and they're going to insult us and they're going to say this and that. I want my chance to go on and defend myself and my teammates and, 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 and say our piece and speak my mind. But instead of that, and for all I know, he may be included still. I don't know. Probably not knowing Fregman. But instead of that, what did he, he do? He quit and he walked away so he can go do what they've been doing from the beginning, making excuses for what they did, and hiding. Yep. So,
0: And it's just going to toss him financially because he's going to have to pay his new agent something. I would say if, if there's a contract re- restructuring somehow, I don't know how it works 100% in the MLB, but I think they could probably restructure or renegotiate. But it would be really interesting if they did that. Just so, just so Alex Bregman doesn't have to pay Clutch Sports anymore. That would—that <laughs> yeah, would tell me everything about Alex Bregman. It just would.
1: Well, I, I'm I'm all set. You ready to get out of here? Are you anything else? Yeah,
0: I think I'm done trashing MLB and Alex Bregman for the night. Well,
1: I mean, for now, we got another episode in a few days, so I'm sure we'll get more information. So
0: yeah, that we'll, we'll makes it easy on me.
1: I mean, we could always just release a bonus, you know negativity on Alex Bregman and MLB show. Good. So, I mean, we could, I mean, we could probably talk about it for another hour. But we're going to get out of here. And as always, we would love to hear your thoughts, your opinions on any of our topics. And Ben, working can to do that.
0: Well, they can hit us up on Facebook at Ben and Chris talk sports, or you can hit us up on Twitter at BCTS. Pot.
1: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate each and every one of you listening. Hope you enjoyed this show. Can't believe it's already been 65 episodes. It seems like just yesterday we were stumbling out of the gate with our first one. But we appreciate you going along this ride with us. And we hope you are all staying safe and healthy. And we will see you right back here Tuesday morning.
0: Thank you.